bucks. Never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Time for another special bonus edition of Green and Growing. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you from 1250 AM. The fan follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. And our guy, Ken Barkley, joins us for his weekly hit as well. Follow him on Twitter at Lockie Lockerson. You better you bet him. And Nick Costos do a great job. Part of the BetQL Radio Network. BetMGM, obviously, uh, one of their big sponsors. Uh, and they're a great follow uh, on Twitter as well. They always put out some uh, very fun uh, betting information and stuff to look at. Uh, throughout the course of each week. Uh, Ken, I I found something on the internet, uh, and it it says tips for betting the NBA, Ken Barkley. Tips for betting the NBA. And I said, well, you know, I got an expert here. Uh, I'm not that. So let's let's see what what Ken Barkley thinks about these tips uh, for betting uh, the NBA. One of the tips uh, listed is home court advantage is overvalued. Do you agree, disagree, and why? How uh, well? First of all, hi. How are you? Nice to see you. Again. Nice to see you uh, too. Sure, thing, yes. sure things. Sure things are going great in Wisconsin, and I'm sure no one's losing their mind over all of this Aaron Rodgers. People want stuff. Aaron Rodgers um, gone, so the, yeah, I, I would say I majority you. want him gone. Sure. Uh, it seems like the way the wind is blowing right now is maybe Jets. They all yep. obviously the whole caravan flew out there, but uh, so sort of we have this conversation about NBA betting, kind of like under the umbrella of like things that maybe Wisconsin fans aren't hyper-focused on, but which they will be, uh, maybe kind of once this whole situation gets resolved, right, once we turn our attention to the NBA. So how harsh do you want me to be here? I guess that's my question. As harsh as you want to be, man. I, I, I want honest okay. honest Ken Barkley like I always get. Okay. Um, betting the NBA is one of the most difficult things to do in the world of sports betting by a mile. Um, one of the reasons for that is that the market is what's called really efficient. And what that means is that all of the information about the teams generally is known. Uh, we have public injury reports. Uh, teams give a ton of injury information. Now we can kind of joke about, you know, this guy was listed out. Now he's upgraded to questionable. But when that happens, you do know about it. You do get it right away. So all the injury info is going to be baked in. Um, any kind of like really known angle. So, you know, like a, a team with a strong home court advantage versus a weak one, Denver and Utah will typically have the strongest ones. They play in altitude. Um, those are typically worth a little bit more than everyone else's. Uh, some teams will play really well at home versus on the road. Um, you know, a really good example that's publicly known, they all are, but one that everyone will know is that the Warriors are a really bad road team this year. Um, that stuff's all built into, like, we all know all of that. All of us, not me, not you, like everyone who bets everything that forms the market, we know all that stuff. So, like, and this is, I say this, like, not that the NBA is like unbeatable for everybody, but it wouldn't be my first choice. If it was like, you have to go make money betting on sports. Like that needs to be your livelihood. The NBA would probably be the last thing that I would pick. And the NFL might not be far behind. Like that's aren't like the big money makers for everybody, but the best of the best can beat that stuff. People with information that other people don't have can beat the market. Obviously, if you knew Giannis was out before everybody else, but like when you say stuff like, home court is under like not you sparky but you're just reading a list sure okay like home court is overvalued you're like basically insulting people who are like way smarter than you betting into this who have like a an, an like an edge 
and you're basically like trying to reduce it to just like, oh, well, of course, that's like overvalued. Okay, then you go print millions of dollars. <laughs> then you go do that. Because apparently it's that easy. It's just right. like, oh, well, I'll just bet the road teams. Like, just not even close to that. Like, blanket statements are never a good idea, right? Like, if it's like, all right, well, anytime a team is a three-point home dog in football, I'm going to bet them. Be like, well, I'd kind of like to know who the teams are. And I kind of like to know if there's, like, injury situation or what quarterback is playing. Like, I, it can't just be like, well, bet every three-point dog. So, like, that's how I'm going to feel about home court advantage. Like, I'm, in some places it's different than others. Sometimes teams play in, like, a, like a kind of a, an alternate arena sometimes. The Bucks played, what, they played, like, a couple games at, was it like the, not the Bradley Center, but maybe, like, an alternate place one time. And the total in the game was way different because the sight lines were way different. Like, that's how granular you have to get with this stuff. Like any like change requires attention. It can't just be like a blanket statement. All right. Uh, another one listed uh, is uh, talking about road dogs, and it goes on to talk about how the public always lets to bet, likes to bet on the favorites and so forth, uh, and says road dogs often have value as the public flocks uh, to home favorites. Uh, and then talks about another key is focusing on road dogs with a rest advantage. Another one buy low on dogs off a loss, especially a blowout loss of twenty points. Uh, or more, the public won't want to touch them, but you can capitalize on inflated numbers. Uh, your thoughts on road dogs. And I guess I'll follow that up. Like, is betting the NFL, when you start talking about road dogs, different than, say, betting the NBA with the same scenario? Yeah, I feel like you're doing these to trigger me. <laughs> I feel like that's no, <laughs> I told you before we came on, and you're yeah. like, all right, what are we going to yeah. do? I said, I found this list. I want to see what you think. You said, all yeah, right, yeah. sounds well, fun. We can, well, let's try to educate too, right? Sure, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm going to be the downer or the wet blanket, and it's like, because I'm going to say no to all this stuff, and you're going to be like, well, then how do you beat the NBA? And my response <laughs> is going to be, well, most nights, most nights, good question. Right. You know, and most nights, most nights, a ton of people, like smart people, people that bet a lot of money in the markets, they don't know how to do it. So just like the idea that it's like, oh, well, it's just that easy. It's just so simple. You just wave your hand. It's like a magic spell. It's like, oh, here are all the winners. Like, here's how it works. First of all, it's way more random than that uh, in terms of who wins it. I mean, does anybody actually watch the NBA? Right. So how random some of this stuff is. The Raptors lost the game because Scott Foster rejected a guy at the end. Yep. I mean, it's just like, that's just, maybe they were going to lose anyway, but like, whatever, you get the point. Uh, the I think the really, the education we can do here, Sparky, would be about, okay, well, the public is going to be on blank. So that creates a valuable bet on blank, where the second blank is the opposite of the first blank, right? So it's like the public's going to be on X. So that means that creates a valuable bet on Y. Uh, that's not how point spreads move in any sport, not even close. So like the premise is flawed. Um, identifying what quote the public is on, however you want to do that. And I don't even want to get like that specific on all of its garbage, but like there's a bunch of ways to do it you know, bet percentages and like, you know, people report like different sports books tell you who's on what, all of that. Why do you think that's all publicly available if it's so valuable? You think sports books are like, hey, if we tell everybody what everyone's on, <laughs> then they're going to be able to beat us up for millions of dollars. Let's do that. We don't, I don't want to, we don't want to make any money. Let's put all of the information. And like, like, again, who is releasing the information? The book that's trying to win. Like they're giving it to you. Do you think they're giving it to you because they want you to win? Like, yeah. just work the problem a little bit here. And, like, it comes, it becomes immediately apparent. Okay, now let's take the idea that if the public's all on something, that creates a valuable bet. Okay, prove it. Nobody ever can. And then, because nobody has any proof, and if you, like, track this stuff, which is a, such a waste of time, you realize how faulty the logic is. Also, 
if everyone's on something, the implication there, Sparky, like if I tell you like the public's on something, in your mind that immediately creates the idea that the point spread is moving out, right? Like it's moving toward that team because everyone's on them. That's not how point spreads move. Point spreads move on injury information and sharp action. Like if I take a bet from somebody who is very smart, I will move the line off of taking that bet from that person. If a dumb person bets a billion dollars, I won't move the line. And like, that's hyperbolic, right? right. That's an exaggeration, but yeah. that's not far off. Right. So like when like you and, you know, some me in the NBA, honestly, in a lot of situations and if my friends down the street and the mailman and the mayor of my town, when we all bet our 50 bucks collectively on something, it's not doing anything. Nothing's happening. Like no, no number is moving. Like, no, like point spreads going crazy because the public's on this. No, it isn't. Not why it's happening. So, and if you think that's why it's happening, you're missing the actual reason it's happening, which is probably much more interesting. This like, is... why is something getting bet? So I just, <laughs> everyone's on blank. So the other thing is more, again, that's just faulty logic. Okay, this is good. It implies that the point spread's moving. If, if you can prove that, like, hey, this number is moving on, like, sort of like a you know, a mania, basically. Oh, like this guy's out tonight and the points were just like won't stop moving. There's cluster injuries for an NFL team. Okay, like there might be some point where there's a buyback that's like valuable, but that's because the number's moving. Like there was a game where the Falcons and Niners played this year. And I promise this is the end of my answer, which has gone on for 25 minutes. So the Falcons and Niners played like in week 10. And I think the Niners were originally like a six or seven point road favorite, something like that. And then gradually all of their players started to getting declared out with injuries and the line just kept dropping. There was no bottom because there was just, everyone was out. And it ended up being that like the Niners were like a two point favorite or something. And they were like a touchdown originally. And it's like, all right, you could make an argument and the Falcons won the game by the way, for what it's worth, but you could make an argument. Okay. At some point, because the market is moving, that like there has to be a range where like one, there's always got to be a point where one team's valuable or the other team's valuable. But that's like the number is actually moving. The price is changing. Just who everyone's on, like the public, you might have a game where 80% of the bets are on the side and the number's not moving at all. And everyone thinks that's fishy and they're ignoring the idea that the 80% of bets, like the 20 bucks everyone's throwing down, doesn't mean anything. No one's moving a number off that because it's dumb. Because, like, it's not representative of someone who thinks they know what's going to happen in the game, who is smart and, like, a proven winner. Um, so just something for people to keep in mind. Sorry that the rain's over. That's awesome. Because the next one was look for severe line moves. Uh, for instance, home dogs receiving at least one and a half points of line movement in their direction. Uh, and it talks about that. That has been a relatively good bet historically. So I think, you know, this is just under the same umbrella. Like, why even restrict yourself to using that filter? Like, why road teams one and a half? Like the, the problem with these things is I just want someone to tell me why they think this is happening. So like uh, there was one in college basketball that came up, it was re- which was really popular, and it was the unranked team at home, like using the AP Top 25. So let's say you had a team that was not ranked, and they're at home, and they're playing against a ranked team. So you have a ranked and an unranked. And the unranked team was favored. And people are always like, super fishy. That means the unranked team is going to win because like Vegas knows. So, like, they're setting a trap. Like, everyone's going to bet the ranked team, and then the unranked team's going to win. Like, first of all, you're putting way too much stock in the rankings. Like, the rankings are stupid. Like, unranked teams are better than ranked teams all the time. But, like, that's – like, public action doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, books are happy to take as much of it as you can give. 
They don't care. They want all of it as much as possible. And they don't, sometimes in some cases, they don't want sharp action. They want to exclude the people who know what they're doing and only take the people who are going to look at a number like that and make a decision based off of it. So it's like, why that blanket statement? Look at every game individually. Why, why home dogs of one and a half or whatever? Why not just a specific game where something interesting is happening? So yeah, lines that are moving are very interesting because like they're, you know, the sort of the, the balance is being upset. If a line hasn't moved all day, it's pretty unlikely that you know something that no one else knows because, like, the line's probably pretty good if it's not changing. If stuff's in motion, if it's likely there's going to be an injury, a player is questionable, like, those are the games to dig on, get dig in on. Maybe just ask the question, like, look at a board at the start of the day, right? Okay, what games could have line movement that maybe not as even predictable, but just like could have line movement. You know, you pick like teams on the second night of a back-to-back who like maybe haven't declared guys out yet, right? Or like you'd read coach quotes about injured players. Maybe that's like not fully in the market yet because we're not sure if that guy's going to play. That happens all the time. That's interesting. But just these like generic sets of, well, I mean, home favorites of six or more, be like you're grouping together a bunch of teams that are not related. And games that are not related that right. are happening in like April and October and like all different times. Like, how do these have anything in common other than this like filter you're putting on it that doesn't make any sense? I got one more. There's a bunch of them listed here, but I got one more that I, I'm very interested in hearing your response. No referee tendencies. Some lean towards home teams, some yeah. lean towards road teams, yada, yada, yada. Your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, again, just like. Just tell me, like, why you think something is a thing. So, like, the idea, right? The idea is um, that a referee has, like, a significant amount of control over a game, so much so that it's worth betting the ref not knowing anything else about the game, right? So here's my here's kind of my thing. Do you think you're the only person that looks at that? So, like, the only way it would be valuable necessarily is if it's like, well, no one knows how Scott Foster calls games, but I do. So, like, that's not in the market yet. So, like, when I'm betting, I'm betting information that the market doesn't have. Right. And you're going to hear this. You're going to go, and I guarantee people are going to listen to this and go, well, wait, so I just shouldn't bet the NBA? Or, like, what should I bet on? Like, yeah, like, discretion is the better part of valor in hyper-efficient markets where you're competing against the smartest people in the world. Yeah, like, discretion is the better part of valor. Now, if it's, hey, I like to bet to have fun, like, this isn't the conversation for that. This is like, yeah, bet to have fun. I do that all the time. I was at... Mohegan Sun in Connecticut the other day betting who's going to score the first basket in an NBA game. Why? Because it was really fun. Sure. But like, if, but if this is like the problem with that type of content, Sparky, that you're reading, is it's like, well, I know we all do this for fun, but here's the secret to like making a lot of. Right. That's when it gets really disingenuous. Yes. That's when it gets really like, okay, like you're actually tricking people. Like you're actually trying to trick. Like you're tricking them into the same thing, thinking that something is happening that isn't actually happening, and you're going to make them lose their money probably as a result. That's really like that's predatory. It's not predatory to just bet or to be like, yeah, sometimes I want to go like throw dice and like with my friends and we have a couple drinks and that's really fun. Okay, but if somebody was like. Hey, I know you like to play craps for like a low limit. Have you ever thought about playing bigger? Because I know where the dice are going to land. <laughs> of like I know, and it's just like a, I mean, like what are what are we doing? Like what is that? So at least like on our show, we try to be really tr- just transparent. Such an overused word, but we try to be really honest. Like here's what it is. Like I, I subjectively, I kind of like this team tonight. I kind of like this bet. I kind of whatever. There's not some magic secret. We didn't find the back door like into the matrix to figure out like how to make all this money. That's kind of the problem with those like generic tips is they imply that, well, if I just follow this, I win. 
And like, man, I wish I could tell people it was that easy. Like I struggle all the time with this stuff. Like there's only a very few number of things I win at. And it's just like, that's what it is. And like, when you start to understand that's what it is, then it kind of like, it takes the pressure off. Cause it's just like, look, I'm just going to bet what I want to bet. Like, I'm just going to like, I, I don't want the tips. Like, I don't want to do the home dogs one and a half thing. I just want to bet what I want to bet. I think this team's going to win tonight. I don't like this team. I think there's going to be a lot of points, whatever. Then just have, then it becomes fun again. And I got, maybe that's what we need to, maybe we just need to make it fun again. Ken Barkley, the most emotional Ken Barkley I've ever had, ever. This was amazing. I didn't anticipate this. This was crazy. Follow Ken Barkley on Twitter at Locky Lockers, and him and Nicostas do a great job with the, the show You Better You Bet. Of course, download the podcast. If you're not listening to uh, the radio and the different BetQL markets, they're all over the country, real easy to find. Ken, thank you so much for coming on uh, Green and Growing, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for triggering me, Sparky. Maybe we'll do it again next week. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs>